Hello, I'm John Bradbury, and this is another EMA cast. I'm a growth advisor in the EMA's people experience team, and in these episodes of the EMA cast, we've been looking at what we've what we've termed the dynamic workplace, which is really about the changes that have happened post-January uh, 2020, the effects of the pandemic, and then obviously the return to work. Um, Today in the studio, I have uh, Matt Hockey, who's a director uh, with CBRE. Um, Matt uh, works particularly in the area of office leasing in in Auckland, and I really wanted to find out something about the implications and the effects of the pandemic and subsequent actions on the office leasing market and what that means for businesses. Um, But Matt, really, before I ask you any questions, you just want to introduce yourself and tell us a bit about who you are and what you do. Cool. Thanks, John. And and firstly, uh, thanks for having me. Um, So I um, originally from the UK, uh, emigrated to New Zealand in 2004, and uh, I've been working with CBRE um, since 2005, uh, firstly in in a commercial property management role. Um, and then for the last 11 years or so as a, a director in the office leasing team. So uh, essentially, uh, I am a commercial real estate agent. And really, my objective is to assist uh, landlords and tenants um, in finding um, uh, the right sort of office space to meet uh, tenants' requirements and assisting landlords with their commercial property uh, investments. So. Um, it's fair to say that uh, you know certainly the last few years uh, that there has never been a dull moment, uh, and the market has changed um, and, and has changed so much. Um, so yeah, again, thanks for thanks for inviting me to come along, and uh, yeah, looking forward to uh, exploring this topic with you. Thanks very much, Matt. Yeah, so we're we're very pleased to have you here, and. That's really what we want to find out about, I think, is those those changes that, that have happened in the last few years and think about what's happening now and what might happen in the future. And very much from the perspective of uh, chief executives, um, chief finance officers in, in our members, um, and also thinking a bit from the sort of human resource and people sort of element as well. So, yeah, tell us about some of those things that have never been a dull moment in the last few years. <laughs> yep. Um I guess um, probably to to start at the beginning. Um, So uh, February 2020, um, I had a, uh, you know, a decent pipeline of work uh, in play with with tenants. The market was um, was was rumbling along quite nicely. Um, We were seeing a lot of tenants um, growing their premises, growing headcount. Um, The the future was looking pretty good. Um, And then uh, I went off to a, a music festival down in New Plymouth for the weekend, down to WOMAD, and, I, and I'll, I'll always remember this. And then I think it dawned on me during that weekend that, uh, that, that everything was about to, was about to shut down um, quite imminently. Uh, and then, um, of course, um, one by one, uh, you saw these projects just be put on hold and then... Um, and then basically, um, well, reversed, really. Um, it's fair to say uh, 2020 was, was not a great year uh, in, in office leasing. Um, but what it did do um, is enables, enabled companies to, um, to, to pause um, and have a think, um, you know, experience what was happening. They had their whole, whole workforce um, operating from home. Uh, and for the first time, um, you know, 
more often than not, they found that they had the technology in place to, um, to, to support the business from people working at home. Um, and that threw up some, some really interesting questions for, for most businesses during that time. Um, so gen generally speaking, the office rental component of a business is often um, the second most uh, expensive cost center um, for that business. The first, of course, being paying people. Um, so it being the second biggest cost center, it is important for businesses to, to get that right. And it is a significant expense each year. So um, most businesses use 2020 as a period to say, okay, how, how are we going to work moving forward? Um, can we have all of our business um, run from, from home? Can we avoid paying rental? Can we avoid paying some rental? What, what does the future look like? Um, so it's fair to say we didn't get many deals done in 2020. Um, but what we did do is, uh, is start the journey with a lot of tenants to say, okay, how is this working? Um, which parts of your business can work from home? Which can't? Um, does the technology work? Um, what does your existing office look like? Uh, does it meet your needs? Will it meet your needs moving forward? Very interesting. So, I mean, you, you've touched on so many areas there that we, we would like to explore here really around that effect of sort of working from home, uh, the effect on the sort of financial considerations but for businesses around what to do, around what's the right size for their business, mm. um, and also sort of the, the impact of technology as well. Um, sort of, of of those three, um, perhaps if we started with the sort of impact of the sort of work from home, um, what, what, what's, what's that meant in terms of the journeys that businesses are on now? Yeah, it's been a really interesting one. Uh, and it is, it is sector driven as well. Um, so um, we deal in mainly um, professional services, um, but, but there is quite a wide range of businesses operating in that sphere. Um, probably wanted to, to explore two examples, um, one being uh, insurance uh, and the other being legal. Uh, and the two are very, very different in what we've, what we've seen. So um, insurance companies, um, generally speaking, the ones that we've been working with, um, have found that um, there is a large part of their business, particularly the back of house functions that can be done uh, and people are enjoying doing um, from home. Um, which has meant that um, a, a lot of the tenants that we've worked with in the insurance sector have found that they're probably operating with around about 50% too much space. Um, and this has enabled them to, um, uh, to, to look at when their lease expires, but also to think, okay, how can we reduce that footprint and, and get a space that works for us moving forward? Um, when we move to legal, um, it is a very, very different position. Um, so legal companies, they were um, obviously working from home during the compulsory lockdowns, but um, more often than not, um, those legal firms have gone straight back into the office um, and they're operating at around about 100% of what they were. Um, and, and that's really being driven by um, the, the partners um, of those firms needing to ensure that their juniors get adequate supervision um, in order to carry out the real sort of specialist stuff that they do uh, and in order to keep the culture of that business running. So um, 
generally speaking, and it doesn't apply to everyone, of course, but generally speaking, what we've seen is, um, for example, insurance companies cutting space, probably taking around 50% of what they had. Um, but legal firms, um, if anything, they're taking more space. Right. Yeah. So different things happening happening in the markets, clearly then. So we're depending on the different sectors that, that they're in. Yeah. And um, I remember the first time that I dealt with you in a professional capacity. And uh, at that time, I was managing a business. Our lease was expiring. We were looking to take up a smaller space. And um, somehow through it all, you managed to... Um, find a solution that was quite creative, that suited our needs and suited some other tenants' needs. Um, tell me about times where perhaps you've had to apply that sort of creativity or those sort of ideas to a solution in the current sort of climate. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so a really, really good case study would be going back to one of those insurance companies. So um, they they occupied a, a building which was developed for them around about um, 10, 15 years ago. And it was a single occupancy building. It was set up solely to, to house this organization. And interestingly, around about three or four months before the pandemic hit, they had actually run out of space in the building. Um, so we had to, um, we went through a project with them to lease additional overflow space to house those people. Um, this is when they were operating the 100% in the office, nine to five, um, Monday to Friday um, model. Um, then the pandemic hit, um, everything changed that, that as far as I'm aware, they never actually used the overflow space that they, that they leased. Um, what they soon found was again, you know, they need about 50% of what they did before. Um, so we assisted them to say, okay, how do, how do we go about this? Um, you've got a building which was purposely designed for you. It's for single occupancy. Um, we'll need to um, sublease two out of the, the, the four floors that you've got uh, and find another occupier to come in and, and co-locate in the building with you. Um, finding the, 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 the sublease tenant was remarkably easy because the quality of the space that the insurance company had, had fitted for themselves was, was really high quality. Um, but it did provide some really interesting um, challenges as well, because as I say, the building was designed for single occupancy. Suddenly you've got two companies who are sharing. So you've got all sorts of common area facilities, cafe, lobby um, to, to deal with. So um, it did throw up some challenges. We worked closely with fit out companies and, um, and engineers to work out how, how the building will, will operate moving forward. Um, and then we ended up doing a, a long-term deal with the, uh, uh, an engineering company to come in and take their space. So that was pretty much um, job done um, for, for that company in terms of reducing the, um, the square meterage that they no longer needed. Um, but it, the, the, the amazing thing was is that, that you know, they needed more space six months earlier. <laughs> So all right. it, it all happens so quickly. <laughs> yeah. So you, you seem to be saying there, there's a kind of volatility in the market still around. There might be a position that you were in February 2020. There's then a position that you're in in February 2022. And then taking a view of your lease will be about actually thinking ahead to on what sort of time frame. Yeah. Yeah. And, and a real consideration for them as well was, was okay, we'll, 
we might not be using all of our space that we're left with now, but we do need to plan for the future. What what we can't be in is a position where we've we've shed all this uh, additional space, but then we we realise within a year that we've actually outgrown our reduced footprint. So, a lot of planning goes into it. Uh, a lot of workspace analysis, um, a lot of um, reaching out to your to your workforce to actually find out what's important to them as well, um, and. Um, that that's a real key piece of it also yeah and that's interesting because that piece you just mentioned about reaching out to the workforce and what, what they want and earlier you talked about you know the culture that the organization wants uh, either to achieve or to, or to maintain um, perhaps things I didn't expect you to bring to the table is a, a in, from a real estate perspective but clearly that that comes into it Tell me about those sort of elements and how, how you help organisations there. Yeah, yeah. Um, a really interesting case study as well would be um, would be CBRE ourselves. So um, we uh, we occupied two floors within the ANZ Centre um, on Albert Street in Auckland, um, around about 1,800 square metres. Um, we have a workforce of around about 120, 130 people. Um, but our, um, our, we have different business lines which are which are very different in the way that they use the office um, commercial real estate agents as you can imagine uh, are in and out of the office a lot uh, we do tend to be quite noisy uh, we're on the phone a lot um, and uh, we, we operate in a very particular way um, the the opposite of that in our business would be the valuation team um, who are um, you know they're they're mainly report writing they're providing valuation reports for, for for clients so they work in a very different way to to us in the agency we identified the need to move to a to a new office um, and the the journey that we went through was to to really sort of take it back to each business line find out what um, what each what each business line actually does on a day-to-day -day basis, undertake surveys to, to really understand how they're using the office. And from then you can start to build a picture of, of what you actually need in terms of um, square meterage, but also in terms of number of meeting rooms, facilities, where those facilities should be. Uh, and then you've got to overlay how the technology works uh, on top of that. So um, we actually designed our office in the second lockdown last year and we relocated, um, we moved up around about 23 storeys in the ANZ centre. So we went from two mid-rise levels up to the, the top uh, and remained on around about the same rental. Um, so, so what we did was identify that we had too much space um, got ourselves a much better quality um, solution over a smaller footprint. And that that's um, indicative of what a lot of firms are doing at the moment. Right. So that view now ac across the real estate from the 23rd floor uh, of Auckland and, and what, what's happening um, must be must be fantastic for you. Um, and also then thinking about what other organisations are doing around thinking well, some people are in the office, um, some people aren't, the way they need to cooperate and uh, work, work, collaborate with each other to get work done. Other people needing quieter time, as you say, to sort of sit at their desks and get things done. What, what sort of things um, 
are happening there to enable that sort of collaboration that, that needs to happen so that people aren't just uh, moving back to the office and all just sitting at their screens still looking at their teams to have the conversation with the person next to them. Yeah, that's a really interesting point. And what we're seeing is the, the whole office fit out is, is really evolving. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot more emphasis now on creating um, environments that people want to, A, they want to come into every day because often people will have the choice. Um, you know, you can work at home uh, if, if you want. Um, and the, the objective uh, a lot of companies are thinking about now is how do we get people back? And that um, one of the ways that, that 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 can be done is by really thinking about how you how you fit your premises out. Um, we've seen a lot of flight to quality as well. So um, tenants are choosing to relocate into a, a, a smaller footprint, but into a, a higher quality building uh, and trying to keep costs at the same at the same level. Um, but also, uh, you know, things like um, the breakout areas, um, kitchen, um, you know, kitchens always used to be, you know, on the inside of the office, partitioned off to try and avoid cooking smells getting into the office. They had no natural light and people used to just go there to sit and eat their lunch back, <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> uh, now you often have um, really, really high quality um, you know, cafe type um, cafeteria, you know, high quality, almost restaurant hotel style facilities going in to, to really draw the people back and say, actually, this is a great place to have lunch. I could also I, I could bring a client in here. I could have lunch with a client in the office. So that, that's that's really changed. Um, probably seeing less workstations, more collaborate, collabor- collaboration areas, more meeting rooms. Um, smaller meeting rooms as well. So, you know, gone are the days of a, a big 25-person boardroom that will sit there empty for 99% of the time because it's hopelessly inefficient. Yep. So things you've mentioned there about, you know, enticing people back to, back to the office um, would be very applicable for people that are sort of wavering between working from home and coming into the office. They also would be relevant, I think, in terms of um, your proposition to potential employees to, to join your organisation as well. Yeah, yeah, and, and that that's huge. Um, you know, it, it, all of this is in the back, uh, backdrop of an incredibly tight employment market, um, yeah. which is which has been exacerbated this year by um, by us, uh, you know, New Zealand opening up to the the world again. So, uh, what we're seeing is that uh, there's a lot of young people who are now um, going on their um, OE, which is uh, which has been delayed a few years. So a lot of young talent is, is leaving New Zealand um, and people coming in has is, is sort of slowed up as well. So the, the employment market is, is tighter than it's ever been um, and companies are, are, are vying for the same talent. So one of the one of the ways that they that, that they um, try and make it um, more attractive is is by providing a, a world-class office facility um, and amenity, seeing a lot of um, interesting, um, you know, things like food being provided, 
there'll be people coming in providing um, you know yoga yoga classes wellness uh, that's, there's a lot being done to try and uh, entice people back but also entice people to join the business yeah and likewise to stay and th- this becomes a powerful tool for, for your HR or people director to 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 use um, as a way of recruiting and retaining talent and also getting people to be more productive um, and also adds, adds in to the mix of that question that the uh, the chief financial officer has about, right, how, what can I do in terms of my capital expenditure or my ongoing expenditure in, in these areas? Um, so these these trends that you talk about in, in Auckland, particularly from, from your experience, are, are they trends that are similar elsewhere in New Zealand or even globally? Yeah, um, very, very much global trends. Mm. Um, and I think what we what we tend to find in New Zealand is we're, we're sort of lagging maybe six to 12 months behind what's happening um, in particularly in the United States or um, or, or Europe. Um, and so what, what we're finding now is, is we're probably where um, the States was maybe six, 12 months ago. Um, there, is a, there is a big drive to get people back in. Um, hearing some interesting stories from the States at the moment, obviously uh, Elon Musk uh, coming out quite publicly <laughs> recently and saying, uh, if you're not coming back to the office, then you're not coming back at all. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's very easy for him maybe to say that. But in the backdrop of what is a very uh, tight employment market here, I, I don't think businesses really can afford to do that. So it's really, it's really about coming up with uh, the the best solution. Absolutely, yes. Well, I mean, I, I hear I hear from recruiters that when they hear a company is insisting that everyone comes back to work, that they then target that company for potential employees because so many people want that ability to be flex flexible. So, yeah, um, it sounds like part of the jigsaw of making your um, what uh, your. Uh, business an attractive place for people to come and work an attractive place to stay and working is thinking about what can we do to make just the environment that people come into every day an attractive one one that helps them to feel productive and connects them with others yeah yeah and and a key part of that as well is um how are people getting to work um and more and more uh, in the auckland market and and if you're in a in a major center um, then uh, the accessibility of public transport is is key uh, and is becoming more and more key. So um, we're seeing vacancy levels in buildings which are which are close to public transport um, quite low. Uh, and interestingly, um, with Auckland, with the the city rail loop and the new um, the new station coming in at Aotea, it will be really interesting to see how um, what is quite a a badly affected part of town at the moment being the the midtown area um, whether that will bounce back as a result of that new facility which is which is going in Um, we're we're all really hoping so because um, because at the moment uh, particularly Auckland uh, the uh, the, the buildings close to the waterfront uh, are, are in very good shape, but as you go up Queen Street, there is there is definitely some problems at the moment. So fingers crossed that will um, that will come right <laughs> yes. in the next few years. <laughs> very good. And then, well, thinking about those next few years and the trends you're seeing at the moment, which ones do you expect to continue or, or to become more pronounced over the next few years? 
Um, I, I think that the um, probably sticking my neck out here a little bit, but but I, I think the days of the Monday to Friday, forty-hour week, um, are, 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 could be over. Um, I think the but but there will be. I think most most companies will probably get to the point where most people are in the office more than they're not. Um, but providing flexibility to people um, will enable them to be more efficient with their time. And um, you know, when you think that uh, in order to get in the office at nine nine o'clock every day, you could well be sat in traffic for you know forty fifty minutes up to an hour and a half. Um, if you don't actually need to do that you can be a lot more efficient with your time working from home and coming in later or going in before before rush hour. So I think businesses have, have picked up on that and um, as much as they can are allowing uh, flexibility. Um, I'm expecting that continue to continue. Um, with the improvements in public transport, um, expecting more and more people to access um, the CBD um, without using their cars. Um, Definitely with the um, improved facilities which are being offered within buildings, um, end of trip facilities, changing rooms, um, lockers, all of, all of those facilities are now being put into really, really high standard as well. Um, all of which is encouraging people to consider other ways of um, traveling, which I, which I think is great. Very good. And those uh, changes and those facilities that you offer for, for your employees that encourage them to come into the office and do, do the things they do there. Are there any trends that you notice in terms of different demographics or how do organisations make sure in effect that they're offering the right benefits for, for their for their staff and not the ones that perhaps people don't value? Um, I, I think, yeah, again, I think it's just a continual process. So, um, mm -hmm. so workplace strategy is, is not just um, what do we need up to the point where we sign the lease, carry out the fit out and move in. Um, I think an absolute key fundamental part of it is, um, is okay, we've moved in, we've got this great space. Uh, is it working? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think uh, uh, to an extent what we've seen over the years is, is companies have sort of taken the foot off the, the gas once they've, once they've moved in and, and sort of assume that everything's gonna be okay and, and sometimes um, it, it, it hasn't worked the way that they envisage. So um, keep, keep talking to, uh, to staff, uh, keep surveying, um, really sort of identify um, what is working, what isn't, um, and, and keep driving those initiatives and evolving. Um, it's, it's, it's really key to, to making it work. So it's very much a sort of ongoing conversation, it sounds like, around making sure that you're fine-tuning things as needed and thinking about where are we going to need to be in a year's time or beyond. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we, For example, we, we operate uh, an app. Um, the, the one, there's various apps that you can use for this, but the, the one that we use is FloorSense, um, which enables you to, to book a desk before coming in to, to work. Um, and really, it, it, it's meant that we don't have any assigned desks in our office. Mm -hmm. um, even the CEO doesn't get a, a desk. He has, to, he has to book a desk every day. 
Um, but what it does allow is for all of that data to be continually um, reviewed. So mm. how are we using our new office? They know exactly how many people are in um, every single second of the, of the day. So it enables, um, it enables you to drive um, further efficiencies moving forward. Um, and, uh, you know, technology has come on so, so much in the last 10 years that it, it's now there and it's all ready to use and, and fairly easy. Right. So it sounds like there's a number of different ways that people might not be aware of that they can use technology to think about the space they have and make sure that that's that's better used. Yeah, absolutely. And it it, it does it does drive a better environment as well. Uh, right. We found um, if what what we found is is previously we had an assigned desk that is your desk, uh, and and without being unkind, it does it does turn into a little bit of a. Uh, um, uh, I wouldn't say dumping ground, but certainly a collection yes. <laughs> tends to appear on people's desks. Um, and, and when you consider how expensive real estate is, um, when you think about it, just you know, paying, paying quite a lot of money each year for people to store bits and bobs that they, that they might not use that often um, just seems hopelessly inefficient. So um, <clears throat> since we moved into a, a non-assigned desking environment, um, the office is absolutely immaculate um, because uh, it, because it's not your desk. Um, you can't really leave your personal belongings there. So uh, it does drive a really neat and tidy environment also, which has been great. Fantastic. That would appeal to ma many people, I think, and also mm. another, another potential cost saving there as well, it sounds like. Yeah. Um, and um, thinking about well-being, because this comes up, this is a big issue for our, our, our members at the moment in the sense of um, we recently did a, a webinar on the four-day work week, which is something you kind of alluded to, to earlier around, uh, you know, the, the, the traditional nine-to-five, five-day weeks gone. So w when we asked people why they were interested in the four-day work week, they said well-being. Mm. And I, I just wondered, with well-being, there's, there's two sides to it, I think, with the move back to the office. One is in the first instance is there's a certain nervousness, I think, now when anybody coughs in the office <laughs> and, and nervousness of coming in and being that person who coughs. Yeah. And, and secondly, there's the piece about, well, how, how do we make the environment a, a, a environment that encourages wellness or helps with wellness in the workplace? Um, what, what sort of things have happened in those sort of areas for, from your experience? Yeah, I, I, it's an interesting one. Um, and, and I think there's, that there has been a lot of positive things that have come out of the pandemic. And mm -hmm. one of them is that, um, you know, if you, if you are unwell uh, or you're showing symptoms of a cold or, or a sniffle, then um, like you, you say, it's really not acceptable to, to be in the office environment. Um, and and that is that that's been quite refreshing uh, in some ways. Um, being able to to say, okay, look, I've I've got a sniffle. I can still work. I can still do most of my meetings, but I'll need to stay at home to do it. Um, and that's really sort of um, overcome this um, slightly old school um, thinking that you know you need to be in the office. And 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 if if you came through and we're working through a cold, then you're almost demonstrating to people how strong you are. <laughs> um, that, that's no longer happening, which is, which is good, and it's, it's, it's the right thing to do to, to stay at home if, if you're unwell. Um, 
what we're seeing a lot as well across the board is is companies focusing on um, diversity in the workforce. Um, yeah. Quite rightly, uh, we're seeing um, a real push to get um, more uh, females uh, operating at, at board level, which is which is fantastic. Uh, and also making sure that you, you have the right makeup of staff in terms of diversity across the business, um, all of which is really refreshing. Right. So, so I find it very interesting that we, you know, we're talking about real estate, we you know, sort of bricks and mortar, and yet we touch on so many things that are to do with people and the way that they can interact with each other and how they can get to work and be their best selves, selves at work. Um, what, you know, if you were sort of summarising and saying two or three things for our sort of members, our, our business owners and HR professionals to, to think about in terms of their the office space that they're looking for and that would be right for them, what would be the two or three key things that you'd say to them? Um, yeah, I, th I think it's going back to talking to uh, talking to your, the key stakeholders across your, your different business lines, um, finding out um, how they're using the, the office space. Um, different functions will definitely drive different requirements. Um, in terms of your own space, uh, start thinking about your lease expiry um, well in advance. Um, because the earlier you start thinking about your, your lease expiry and your option, uh, the more power you will have in the negotiation. If you don't leave yourself enough time, um, often um, things can, can work against you in terms of um, your options. Uh, also, we're experiencing some really um, delayed um, construction times are, are, are going longer and longer as well, mainly due to supply issues, due to um, shortages in, in workforce in the construction industry. Um, so um, generally speaking, we're saying to tenants, engage early, um, put, a lot of, put a lot of thought into what you need. Um, more often than not, um, there may be an opportunity to reduce um, your, your footprint in terms of square meterage and, and, and get a higher quality um, office and, broadly speaking, remaining on the same rental. So um, it's, it's really exciting times as a, as a leasing agent. Um, <laughs> you know, you want, them, you want things to be moving one way or the other. Um, <laughs> And uh, the last couple of years have been really interesting, and we've had a lot of uh, we've had a lot of fun working with tenants, and really enjoyed that period. So um, uh, we'll be very interested to see how it continues to evolve. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, so I get that same sort of creative spark from you that uh, about like I, I really want to find solutions for my tenants that that work and the opportunities there, and I hear very much um, throughout what you said about thinking early. Um, thinking about uh, how you engage your workforce in finding out what's going to work most for them and also about um, recognising that there's the, that there's a quality element to this and really thinking about how you can improve the quality of your workspace. Yeah, absolutely. Quality is key. Um, also, you know, going back to travel times as well, mm. um, you know, one of the easiest uh, exercises that a business can do is actually just look at where their employees live uh, and then try and um, figure out how people are, are, are getting to work because uh, that can that can really drive um, where do we need to be in terms of a location 
Um, we're seeing quite a few businesses locate from fringe and suburban areas into the CBD um, because they found that travel times uh, reduce uh, um, across all of their uh, employees. Uh, when I say all of them, some of them will have to travel further, but most of them will have to travel uh, less amounts to, to, to get to work. Obviously opens up more options in terms of public transport as well. So, so all of these things need to be, um, need to be part of the overall um, um, solution. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Um, so clearly a conversation about Auckland always seems to come back to traffic and travel, travel times. Um, but I think what you landed on there, and I guess what we end on, is a really strong sort of practical tip around thinking about the demographics of your, of your workforce and your potential workforce as well and, and where they might be and making it easier for them to get to the workplace. Um, but that's, that's been a very interesting conversation. You've taken me off into areas that I really didn't expect to get into <laughs> today, which, is, which has been fascinating, Matt. Um, but just before we finish, um, I, um, I know you were quite ill a couple of years ago, and I saw on LinkedIn a, a post re related to that. Um, do you just want to mention something about that before we finish? Yeah, thanks, John. Yeah, um, so interesting period in my life. I got um, diagnosed with a... Uh, autoimmune condition um, with, a, with a really quite a funny name for a, for a condition. It's called ankylosing spondylitis um, and had a, had a tough couple of years, um, but, but fortunately came right. And uh, one of my pastimes before I got sick uh, was, was running uh, and I competed in the, the 2018 uh, Auckland Half Marathon. Um, and it's fair to say, it, it, during the pandemic in 2020, I, there was times where I thought I wouldn't never run again. Um, but really thankful that my uh, my body has has come right, and now I'm able to to run again. So I'm actually um, competing um, in this year's Auckland Half Marathon event, and uh, and I'm raising money um, for Auckland City Mission, um, just as. Uh, uh, I think when you go through uh, a hard time um, with your health, you realise how how lucky you are, and 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 sometimes it drives you to to, to help others who who need help. So, yeah, um, competing in that event, and I've got a, a, a give a little page um, through the the main Auckland Marathon um, website. So, um, any any sponsorship would be very thankfully. Uh, thankfully received. Okay, thanks very much. Thanks for explaining about that. And uh, I'll, I'll certainly be sponsoring you myself. And uh, that's a fantastic cause you're doing it for. And very good to hear about your health as well. Sure. So, um, and obviously, thank you very much for, for coming today. As I say, uh, you really took me off into areas that I didn't expect to. Um, although knowing you, I should have known that it was going to get a little creative and interesting. Um, so that's, that's, that's terrific, Matt. Thank you for that. And obviously, thank you to people that are listening and watch it, watching this. Uh, we do further podcasts in this EMA cast series about the dynamic workplace, uh, thinking about all, all these changes that have happened since early 2020, what they've meant for the workplace and what the future perhaps holds and come up with some sort of practical tips and advice for people. Um, thank you all very much for watching today.